I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 87. The only podcast for brokers by brokers. I Love Mortgage Brokering will inspire you to up your mortgage business. Join your host, Scott Peckford. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Conrad Newfeld of TMG Mint Mortgage. He's only been a broker for two and a half years, but he's already making waves. He won the Innovator of the Year Award from Mortgage Professionals Canada. He created this wicked little app called Casper, which we're going to talk about today, plus uh, his mortgage business. Conrad, are you ready to rock? You bet. Awesome. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business? Uh, I graduated from the University of Saskatchewan with my honors in marketing and was looking to do anything with money at the time. But instead, I decided to take the highest paying job I could out of university. (laughs) So um, I did that for a while and I uh, basically was a masonry sales rep and I I was miserable doing it. Like I said, I got paid a lot to do it, but I, I was just absolutely miserable. And at the time, I had a little over 30 job offers within those two, three years that I was working for that company. And I just, I just didn't want to go into a new company where there was new dead ends and just never kind of rise up the ladder, so to speak. And then I, uh, I met this cool chick named Sarah, uh, Sarah Shees. Um, I'm sure she'll come up a few times on this one. And she's like, you know what? You really got to try the mortgage industry. It's so much fun. And this is what we're doing. And it's totally cool. And I was like, ah, I don't know, and I, and, I, and I had to think about it, and she's like, but just so you know, you probably aren't going to make a dime for quite some time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I don't know, like, to go from being offered six-figure salaries to potentially <laughs> not make a dime, like, I don't know. But then, yeah, she convinced me to do it, and hands down the best decision I've ever made, like, hands down the best decision. Um, so that's, that's how I got in. She, she kind of was like, she was my mortgage broker, and she's like, you'd be good at this. Give this a shot. And so she converted me, so to speak. So how was your first year? Just for anybody listening that's kind of in their beginning stages, how was your first year? Oh, I never made a dime in the first eight months. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't lie to you. So she didn't lie. No, I, I had made sure I had put savings aside just in case. I, I, I figured I could survive a year without making a dime just because of the savings I had put aside. She, she, uh, it was exactly as advertised. <laughs> What's made the turn from, you know, you're starting to get some traction now. So what, how did you, how did that happen for you? How did I get traction? Um, I, I think it's, you know, the, the funny thing is when I started, people always say like, oh, I talked to friends and I talked to family and I, and I let them know that I was in the industry and I was, um, I was doing this new thing now and becoming a broker. And, um, I thought I had done that until, I mean, it probably was about six months in until not one of my closest friends, but one of my friends, like one of my friends that should have known I was brokering went and went, went with their bank. And I was like, what the heck are you doing? Like, you know, you just bought a house and you know I'm a broker. And they're like, actually, I totally forgot. And then that was kind of the light bulb where I was like, okay, clearly people aren't as uh, knowledgeable that I'm a broker as I should be. So I just really started, I mean, I started Facebooking more. I started going on LinkedIn a lot more. I started publishing blogs. Uh, I started like, I started really making myself known um, to others that I was, I was in the industry and I was brokering. Um, and I think that was, that was the biggest hurdle for me just to kind of throw myself out there. Um, but yeah, that's, I would say that's what was, what clicked. Right. The reality is people don't really think about us as much as we think we do, right? They're like, yeah, I think them. about me all the time, Scott, you know? <laughs> just yes. Well, that's just kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I just think about me all the time. No, uh, but that's, that's the reality, right? People just don't think of, th- people just don't think of us, right? Right. In that sense. Mm-hmm. I find, yeah, in our, same in my business, if you don't remind people that, if you don't ask for referrals, even if they love your service and they think you're great at what you do, if a lot of them are employees and they just don't, they don't kind of get the connection that, wait a second, your whole business is, you know, built on 
referrals and relationships, you have to remind them to say, "Hey, look." You know, this oh, is- absolutely, and being and and being uh, courageous enough to ask for the referrals, mm-hmm. uh, like and putting aside the pride to, and necessarily to be like, "Hey, you know, I, I like referrals. <laughs> I will take them. Please refer me." Just even asking for that's huge, right? Right, and that's something when people start out that they sometimes can struggle with. So, before we dive into your story, I like to ask about a success quote that's really impacted your life or business. Do you have a quote that's impacted you? Um, well, the first one that comes to mind would be from Thomas Edison. He said, there's a way to do it better. So find it. Mm, that's good. Uh, that's actually going to tie in perfectly to this innovator of the year award. So how have you applied that? There's a way to do it better. Uh, find it quote in your life. I think it has to do with being willing to try new things. I mean, we kind of live in this, in a society that kind of has a dichotomy to it. You have on the one side, people who are, uh, it's all about trying new things. Don't worry about failure. Just give it a go. And the other people who who know that to be true, but struggle to make that leap. And and, and there is a big difference between knowing it's it it's or knowing the truth behind. There's a better way, and knowing what to do or how to pursue that better way. Because it, it's not easy. Like to go. Like I said, when you're switching into a new into a new company or new job, for instance, I mean, there's that learning curve, especially when you go from 100% salary to 0% commission, right? Right. To no money in the first year. And no money yeah, within those first eight months. So it means different things to different people as far as, as the opportunities that, that are exposed to them. There's, there's a tiny bit of luck that goes with it. And there's also making your own luck, which is important. Mm-hmm. But it's keeping your eyes open and when you see an opportunity going for it, which I know sounds very cliche, but it's, it's true. Absolutely. So we're going to chat about Casper, the app, not the ghost in a couple of minutes. But I want to ask you about failure. I know that you're still a young guy, but you're obviously pushing the, the limits on you know, what's possible. So can you share an example of something you failed at and then the lesson you learned? Because I find that failure is never finally, but looking back, there's always a lesson. So can you share what, a failure and a lesson? See, I would say, and it's going to sound, it's not arrogant, but it's going to sound, I would say I haven't failed yet because failure itself is defined by a lack of success. So the real question is how do you define success? So here's how I define success. I define success as being able to figure out if something works or not. That's how I define success. So I, I like to try new things every day and I, and I have this big powerful vision of where I want to go and I've only managed to accomplish a, a piece of it so far but I'm, I'm, I'm trying new things and I'm, I'm testing my hypothesis. So I, I create a hypothesis. How do I think clients will react to what I've created? And then I build a model to test it and then I analyze why, why it's been tested and I, and I see what works and what hasn't and not everything works in fact more things don't work than do work but because i define success as figuring out whether something works or not i find myself very successful because i know what has worked and hasn't when what hasn't worked so the only way i can truly fail when i'm defining success in those ways is by trying the same thing twice and expecting different results right that's actually somebody I remember one of the movies or whatever says the definition of insanity is trying the same thing. Trying the same thing twice and expecting different results, and and that's and that's how I define failure, right? For me, fail for me, success is is like I said, trying new things and finding out if they work or not. If they don't work, that's perfectly fine. But now I know they don't work, right. so it's 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 learning from those. So, like I said, I I wouldn't say necessarily that that there's a failure. It's more so about how you define and perceive success. That makes the difference in that question. Okay, okay. How how old are you exactly? I gotta ask. I know maybe it's not an appropriate. It's not, it's not a job interview, so I can ask you that because this is a very wise for somebody that if you just came out of university, I gotta guess you're no more than like 25 or less than 30. Well, yeah, I just turned 28. That's awesome. I don't think it took me a long time to figure that out, and I'm still 
you know, that's good. So good kudos to you for figuring this out. That failure is just trying the same thing twice and expecting the same result. Otherwise, everything else is not actually failure. It's just data to improve and make adjustments. Absolutely. And, and you, you know what? Those aren't failures because those, I mean, I've learned more from what I haven't been able to accomplish than from what I have. Right. Wow, that's awesome. So, okay, tell me about this app that you've created. So you won Innovator of the Year uh, and there's lots of competition in that space. And uh, so tell me about Casper and the idea of where it came from for this. What it, first of all, what it does and then where did the idea come from? Uh, okay, so what it does is it's, it's, basic, it's the first app that I know of that can allow you to go start to finish to the whole mortgage process. Um, I know there's others trying in their own way to figure out um, something similar. Uh, but essentially what we do is... Um, we start off very simple. So you can, you can actually download the app on um, Android, on um, iPhones, etc. What it does is it actually asks you a, a series of questions. So it's, it's your standard form, um, but the form itself is dynamic, which means that the questions that you get asked aren't necessarily the questions that I get, get asked. So if I'm a first-time homebuyer, uh, self-employed, I get asked very different questions than if I'm a returning homebuyer who's a salary position or a commission. Um, so if you've got a super simple easy life, then your form will be, you'll, you'll easily be done in under three minutes. But if it's a little bit more uh, complex, I mean, you'll have to expect the form to be longer. So <clears throat> it kind of, it, it kind of makes the form as short as possible, but at the same time, get all the information that it needs. Um, once it has that, um, it runs it through some algorithms that we've created to analyze broker kits, uh, generates a, a form of pre-qualification. So um, we don't have very deep algorithms right now in the sense that um, the clientele that we offer the pre-qualifications to right now, at least the automated versions of those pre-qualifications are, are limited, but there's still enough of them that it's, it's had a pretty good impact for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll generate a pre-qualification, um, so it gives you an idea of uh, what lenders will lend you what. Um, and then so you can see what a three-year variable, what a lender would lend you at versus a five-year fixed and kind of play with the different things and see, oh, the pre-qualifications amount change. And then it gives you a list of documents that you'll need based on how you answered the questions, which is cool, um, and then allows you to upload those documents through the app as well. So you can actually just you know, hit letter of employment, hit the little camera button, and actually take a picture of the document and have the whole thing update live for you. So like first-time homebuyers, for instance, um, when I get a, a lead from a first-time homebuyer, let's say a realtor or mm-hmm. a builder refers me, um, a good 80 to 85% of that work has already been done because I know what they're pre-qualified for, what lender they're, uh, they're favoring and what term they're favoring them with. Um, I know what list of documents that they'll need. And in some cases, that client has already started uploading documents. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So how has having this app impacted your business? Uh, well, it's impacted my personal business quite well. I mean, <laughs> anytime you develop a, an app of this nature, it, it opens doors, right? Um, so I'll give you an example, actually. We had... Uh, we had some very early successes. We only launched the app on September 1. We launched the website back in February, but the actual app we launched uh, September 1st of this year, so not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And within the first few weeks, um, well, one of, the, one of the successes that we had was uh, there was a realtor who was like, hey, you know, the bank says all, all we're pre-qualified for is 235. We can't really find a condo in this, in this range. Uh, it, just, it just doesn't work. Um, we need to, we need to know if there's other possibilities and the realtor is like, Oh, you know what? Conrad had just said, Hey, you know, give this a shot. Um, 
if you get a chance, so why not? This is a perfect opportunity to test it out. And so they gave it a shot. They tested it out. Uh, and sure enough, it identified that um, certain banks were pre-qualifying this client at 235, but other mono lines were actually pre-qualifying them for about 390-ish um, mm-hmm. because they recognized the flex-down opportunity, which is borrowing your down payment. So mm-hmm. the system actually recognized that there was an opportunity at these other lenders to borrow their down payment, factored in what that cost um, would be uh, in their liability section, and recalculated with the new pre-qualification amount based on that new borrowed down payment. And suddenly, I mean, well, now you go from 235 to, to that 390-ish range. I mean, that opens up a huge amount of doors. So that, that was a huge success for us. And obviously, um, it was one worth sharing. So we've had uh, some realtors get super interested in it as a result. Because now when someone says, hey, what, have you been pre-qualified yet? And the client is like, no, I'm not pre-qualified yet. They're like, well, here, let's download the app and we'll give it a shot. Um, and then on the other side, we had our second biggest success that we had had early on uh, was actually with the builder or the builder had a client come in and they were about to spend the next couple hours going over like floor plans and colors and and what the carpet would be etc uh, and then the guy asked well, or the builder asked the client well so what are you pre-qualified for just so I know what kind of range uh, we're sitting in and uh, the client's like, well, we're, uh, we're not pre-qualified yet, but we should be able to get 450, no problem. So the, the builder is like, well, you know what? Let's just give this a shot. Um, let's just download this app. Let's give it a shot. We'll see what you're actually pre-qualified for. That, so that way we have some hard numbers. And then so they downloaded the app. They tried it. And sure enough, they were actually pre-qualified for half of the value that they thought they were and well below the, uh, <laughs> the starter home that that builder was mm-hmm. willing to offer. Um, so I got a call right away. And they're like, Conrad, is this accurate? So I went through it manually. And sure enough, it was accurate within $500, which is kind of our the range that we hope to be in and I mean the client obviously wasn't too happy but the builder absolutely loved it because we just saved him uh, like a whole afternoon of dealing with a non-client so even though it didn't end up in a sale I consider it a huge success so we had that which was great those I mean those two very mm-hmm. early successes and as a result we ended up uh, being invited to like developer forecast nights where brokers typically aren't invited they're not invited to those um, forecast nights but because we were a tech company that was offering these, these new kind of features, um, they, they actually invited us, whereas brokers have been trying to get into these things forever. Uh, we've tied ourselves in very well um, because of this software with uh, with the largest private sale network in Saskatchewan, which is where I'm from. I don't know. We have builders signing up mm-hmm. to, to put it in all of their show homes. Two, two of the largest builders are now um, eager to put this in all the show homes to, to help their uh, their realtors and their sales agents pre-qualify people faster and know who's a client and who's a non-client, etc. So, I mean, we've had some pretty big success and it's been growing exponentially. And at this point, I'm just trying to figure out how I keep it growing so exponentially. <laughs> right. No, it's awesome, dude. It's killer. And uh, so does it do credit checks or is it this sub, these pre-qualification subject to credit checks? So right now, it isn't, it's not onboarded, um, which means we're not tied into uh, Equifax or TransUnion yet. That's, that's actually, like, there's, there's some elements of it that makes it difficult to do that. But at the same time, no. The biggest challenge to doing that is that if we, if we, um, pull the credit check, then all of a sudden when we enter into Biologics or more web and we send it on, then we have to pull a second cr- credit check to do that again. So they're, they're pulling two credit checks. So we've held off on that for right now um, until we can start making inroads that don't require second credit checks. Mm-hmm. The onboarding itself, I mean, we can figure that out easy enough. And we've had uh, conversations with Equifax already on that. But we actually found, based on how we asked the credit question, because we, we do ask a credit question and we say, um, what's your credit like? And we, we kind of, we put numbers, but we also put categories in there so they can say excellent, great, good, fair, bruised, um, no credit, etc. So we have all of those things. And we actually find over 90% of people hit themselves in the perfect category anyway. That has been less of it. Like I thought it originally, that was one of my hypotheses that originally that was going to be an issue because people just wouldn't know what their credit is. But 
people know when they have excellent credit and people know when they have bruised credit. I mean, there's the occasional people who are just way, way, way out to lunch. But I mean, it shows in other parts of the form long before they get to that credit question that this person just either has a no clue about their personal situation or isn't being truthful. So Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty easy to identify. But yeah, we don't have the credit checks set up yet as far as that's concerned. Mm -hmm. No, that's awesome. That's That's a killer. I can see why why it's popular. And so then what's your sort of plan with the app? Is it something that would be available to brokers? Is it something that's just for your com- the company that you're with or what do you have any ideas there? Right now as it stands, I'm the one using it. Like our back end wasn't very user friendly. Like our the form like as far as the clients using it were fantastic, but when the information came in and everything was being analyzed and the algorithms were sorting through the information and categorizing people, um I when I go to the back end, I can see it and I can understand everything completely. But prior to two weeks ago, it was a complete mess. Um, now we've actually started taking steps to to making it user friendly and intuitive, much like the form is. Because right now, when a client comes on, I mean, you answer one question and the next one pops up, and and you're never confused about how to answer it. It kind of just guides you through the whole process, and and away you go. It's it's smart, it's intuitive. Mm-hmm. We didn't do anything on that as far as the broker side. Why should we do to? Because I was the one using it at the time, and so now that we're we're starting to ramp up. Um, it needs to be more user friendly, and we started putting a lot more um, intuitiveness behind how to use it um, as far as the the back end is concerned. So we've started using that. Um, how far and how wide we'll share it, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm a huge fan of collaboration. I find this industry, we invent something cool and then we hoard it to ourselves. And then as a result, 15, 20 other people have to pretty much make the exact same thing just to keep pace, which is I find quite ridiculous. I, I'm more of the, of the mindset, let's build something really cool and grow the broker share by working together. I'm more <laughs> interested in that. Um, but how big and how wide we'll share, I just don't know. We actually were in Toronto. Um, I, I received the Innovator of the Year Award from CAMP, which is the um, Canadian Association of Accredited Mortgage Professionals, uh, now known as Mortgage Professionals Canada. So it's like the mortgage industry as far as anyone's concerned. Um, we, uh, we received the Innovator of the Year Award, which is cool. But while we were there in Toronto, I mean, we had a fantastic set of meetings. I mean, there was so many people who get the idea, see the potential for it and want to be a part of it that at this point, I just don't know which way or how it'll grow. Uh, We know it will grow. It's just not, it's just a matter of which direction. So to answer your question in short, I don't know yet who will have the capacity to use it, but it's, uh, but it's, it's definitely not meant just to be for me. Right. That's cool, man. Well, good on you for figuring something out like this and, and then uh, putting it into action and then actually, you know, using it so that you're seeing the results in your immediate business. So, uh, and, you know, I was thinking back to when you'd said Sarah recruited you to come into the more, I mean, Sarah should put on a clinic on how to recruit somebody from a six figure job to a no figure job. Maybe we'll do some time a recruiting session with Sarah. Like, how did you do that? You seem like a really bright guy and stuff. So, well, she's the reason why I'm, I'm like the, the Casper software itself is actually, um, owned by a company that I started, a tech company that I started, and I got technical co-founders and everything else. And I program a bit myself, but I, I got some guys who are hardcore at coding so they, they could put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm with TMG Mint Mortgage because, well, I'm, I'm with Mint Mortgage just because of Sarah. Like mm-hmm. her vision and her, like she's equally as innovative as I am. I will put that hand, if not, if not more, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always enjoyed my conversations on and off the air with Sarah about stuff because I'm always like, oh, man, I never, you know, I think I'm relatively innovative. And then I talk to her and I'm like, wow, I'm still a white belt, you know, like. Yeah. I'm well, just- she's a, yeah, she's good. And she's like, 
this is what we're planning on doing. And I'm like, well, do you, and she's like, we create innovative uh, culture. So, I mean, if you come up with a cool idea, we're behind you a hundred percent and just let her go. And she's been true to her word for that. I mean, mm-hmm. as it, as it is every two weeks, she gives me a call and says, Hey, what's new with Casper? How are things going and how can I help? Which is huge. She was one of my earliest mentors very early on, on the project. And I, I consider her still one of my greatest mentors. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. So now a guy like you, okay, two, I got two, two final questions. One, the name, where does the name come from? What does it mean? Oh, this is where I'm going to nerd it up, Scott. Um, the name itself is based off of uh, Gary Kasparov, which was the, um, the 1997 chess champion that lost to IBM supercomputer Deep Blue. So back then, computers and humans were battling to see which one was better. And, and uh, 1997 marked the first time a computer could beat the, the world champion of there chess. There seems like there's a bit of irony going on here or something. I'm just picking up some kind of sense of like, oh, okay, you're building a machine that's named after a person that was beaten by a machine. Like, like what's yeah, the deal here? Yeah, sort of. See, yeah. a lot of people think the machine is what beat the human. But if you really understand what had happened in those things, it's, it's algorithms that were created by the humans and the computer's prowess for being able to compute two million moves per second. That was the true champions. It was the twinning. It was the humans and the machines together that were able to beat the smartest man in chess. Right. So um, we kind of thought saw ourselves as that. We're not looking to replace brokers by any stretch of the imagination. We're looking to make them more bionic and enrich their conversations. And so that's what we're looking to do. And that's why we we kind of said it's it's not just about humans anymore. It's not just about Kasparov, which we've now shortened to Casper. Um, it, a little it's, easier it's about, to say and find on, <laughs> on the App Store. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot easier. Um, and so we we basically said it's not just about the human interaction now. It's about how can we leverage technology. I mean, it's 2015, and for the most part. The mortgage industry is super behind. It's 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 pretty archaic from where it should be, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. we're looking to change that. That's awesome. Okay, last question. A guy like you who knows apps, builds apps, what's an app other than the one you're using that you absolutely love to use in your mortgage business on a daily basis? Don't say Phylogix. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm pretty sure funny. people will be like, what? No, there's like, anyway, nothing against, well, actually, yeah, Phylogix no, is, yeah, I know, I know I'm not going to go there. I know what you're saying. Um, actually, I'm a fan of Basecamp. Uh, it's just a good way of tracking. It's we almost use it like a CRM. And I mean, if you talk to Sarah, she's uh, I'm, I'm she's huge onto it too. But uh, we use Basecamp just to track things, right? So um, and make it more more of a collaborative process. So I mean, Basecamp would be my number one. I would say. Yeah, I like uh, <laughs> we. Yeah, Thirty Seven Signals is a pretty cool company. They do some awesome stuff. They do. And they, they do. Do you have a book recommendation for our listeners? Uh, well, I read a book every week. So, uh, the one I read recently that I think would be one of my favorites actually of all time would probably be bold by, uh, Peter Diamandis. Yeah. Bold. It's a, it's an awesome take on, on, he, he, he calls it being super credible. So he's like, don't be afraid to, to try stuff that seems really ridiculous and just go for it. He's like, if you have a strong enough vision and you can make it credible enough and there's an actual point to it, like, don't be bold for the sake of being bold, but find that like innovation. Like walking down in, town with no clothes on or something. Yeah, that's bold. I mean, I, I've never personally done that. But, but it has no, serves no purpose. <laughs> that's right. Um, Except to get you arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, free McDonald's meal in the morning. Um, but, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's about being, like I said, it's about being bold and, and challenging the norms and not being afraid to innovate regardless of what people think. I mean, they were the, the first people to create a space university. And, you know, in the next few years, they're hoping to have the actual university in space, which, which is awesome. But it, that's what he's talking about. It's just creating that idea and not being afraid to go for it. Right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Hey, man, I really appreciate your time and I, uh, you know, your vision for what you're creating. I hope you crush it. And at some point, maybe when you've got this all sorted out, you'll come back and tell us how you're uh, applying this to the industry on a broader level. So where can people find you online? Uh, right now, you can find me on www.getcasper.com. So that's get and then Casper spelled K-A-S-P-E-R. Awesome. Thanks, Conrad. Cool. Thanks, Scott.